How's everyone doing this afternoon? Welcome to the second episode of Inked Deals. My name is Max, a superstar real estate agent here in South Orange County, Los Angeles County, see the shining sea. Uh, we got Brendan here joining us. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about lending and uh, you know his superpowers in regards to that realm. Sounds great, man. So first topic we want to discuss is the current market and give you guys kind of an update on where things are going, how we feel the next few years are going to be, and you know what you can expect. So what are your take on it as a lender? Locally is a whole lot different than nationally. Okay. Especially for us. Understood. When it comes to purchasing, purchasing homes in, yeah. you know, South, you know, Orange County, okay. LA County, San Diego County, competition still super high. Okay. Whereas places like Austin, mm-hmm. you know, some places in Colorado have seen, you know, some, some pretty big drops in their Got it. values, competition here. I mean, what are you seeing time on market mostly for, for homes around us? Yeah. So great question. I mean, to piggyback off what you're saying, you know, what we're talking about in regards to the current market is solely Southern California. And, you know, as everyone knows, we basically pay sunshine tax to live here, right? It's November and it's 85 degrees outside. That's completely wild. So with that being said, you know, I think when it comes to the market, we have some of the worst affordability, meaning our homes are very, very highly priced. And in order to live here, you've got to have a substantial amount of money or make a substantial amount of money. And, you know, you have to be willing to basically pay to play, if you will, and pay that sunshine tax. So, I think as a market as a whole, we have very limited inventory right now. And, you know, I think a big portion or a big reason of that is due to the fact that interest rates are just so damn high, right? I mean, we're used to seeing stuff back in COVID, you know, where you could purchase a home in a 3.5 or even a 2.9% APR for 30 years. And now we're looking at seven to eight, sometimes 9%. Yeah. Depending on what kind of programs you're looking at. Um, huge impact on buying power yeah and and what it takes income wise to afford a home yeah so would you say that obviously these interest rates as you mentioned greatly affect your ability to purchase how do you think they affect your ability to purchase like let's get down to the brass tax massively massively um i mean you're looking at payments on a on a smaller loan for example say like uh-huh. a $400,000 loan from Two years ago, two and a half years ago, February like twenty twenty, rates were okay. You know, around three percent. Yeah, they've more than doubled since Woo. the principal and interest okay. payments for okay. for a comparable home, and that's that's in taking values into consideration too. So, you have that, you know, inflation of the home value plus the interest rates. Understood. So say take okay. that same you know four hundred thousand dollar home back then, and and say it's four fifty five now. You're looking at paying over twice as much for the same house. So Southern California, no different, except it's just on a bigger scale. Got it. So, you know, to kind of break it down even more simplistically, if you had a $2,000 a month mortgage payment four years ago, now you're looking at a $4,000 a month mortgage. Yeah, closer to like 4,700. And that's when you add in like taxes, HOA, Melarus, if it's for a brand sure. new community and any other little bells and whistles California tax on, right? For sure. Yeah. So if you're looking at, at homes in some of these new communities down in, you know, Southern California, Irvine, yeah. with, with higher HOAs or Melrose, yeah, those, those aren't helping either. But the interest rates have really priced out a lot of people from yeah. the market. But at the same time, it's also 
scared a lot of people from leaving their low rates. Yeah. So the turnover is not going to be nearly what it was the last couple of years with people okay. moving during COVID for remote work and being able to buy a new house across the country at, you know, 3%. Of course, there was a ton of competition, but now it's, you've just shrunk the buyer pool, but also the seller pool at the same time. Yeah. Like that, that does make a lot of sense. And I know, you know, to our listeners out there, I'm sure they're very aware of what, you know, an HOA is, but some of them most likely don't know what a Melarus is. In my opinion, the way that I kind of phrase it is it's almost like a secondary HOA. And generally it's put in play to pay for, you know, some new item that that community is building. So maybe they're building a new church or they're building a new school and the issue is generally those things will take an extended, you know, an expanded period of time, like 10, 15, sometimes 20 years. So now let's say you had a $400 a month HOA, but now you have an additional four to $500 a month Melarus for the next 15 years. Yeah. So to yeah. add on top of an, you know, increased interest rate, now you have this nonsense payment for something you'll probably never even use. Yeah. Super common in new developments yeah, is really exactly. where you're going to see those the most and that. You know, for example, down near us, like that Rancho Mission Viejo area, oh, yeah, it was notorious cool. for it. Yeah. You're in a valley; it's hot as hell, but the brand new houses, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I was looking somewhere that there was literally, you know, a. It almost comes out to basically a two percent property tax. So most places here in California are one percent, but when they tack on all the other garbage and all the other amenities, yeah. you're almost paying two percent property tax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can a lot for that. I know when I purchased my house like six, seven years ago, there was a, a slight bit of leftover from yeah. know, 15, 20 years ago. So okay. I, in the first couple of years of owning my house, my taxes actually went down because that finally fell nice. off. So okay. it was like a little bonus, but okay. yeah, it definitely does hurt your, you know, your buying power and where you're going to purchase a house too. Interesting. Interesting. So I know to piggyback off of that, do you think from a lender perspective, it is a good time to buy and or sell in this market? Or where are your thoughts uh, on this? That's the golden question, isn't it? It always is, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody can tell the future, obviously, okay. or we wouldn't yeah. have been in this mess that we're in right now. <laughs> like, let's, oh, let's, let's spoken let's, like a true genius. Let's be real. Um, yeah, the, the people making the big decisions up top, uh, you know, probably didn't see rates going from three to 8% yeah. in, in a year and a half. Um, so it's anybody's really best guess. Um, is it a good time to buy? It depends on where you're at. Yeah. It depends on what you can afford, you know, financially. Um, mm -hmm. People that are on fixed incomes that like are thinking about moving, are you, are you going to downsize and pay the same amount you're paying now on your 3% yeah. mortgage, like move into a house with an 8% mortgage? That makes sense. That doesn't make any sense to do. If you are fresh out of college and have some high-paying tech job and you're yeah. newly married and now you have dual incomes and you can afford a house, like, yeah, buy a house if it's okay. comfortable. Um, but you also want to look at where you're purchasing. You don't want to purchase a house where you're seeing values come down necessarily. Yeah. Unless you're really risk averse and can, you know, you're putting a large down payment and don't mind if it's, you're holding on to it. But yeah. places like where we live, I mean, it's going to take a big crash to really affect housing prices. So know? it's almost what you would say in essence, how you evaluate or how you look at the property. Because the way that I generally pitch it is you need to look at a property in two different ways as either you know, a primary homeowner, meaning you're going to live there with yourself, with your family, your dog, whatever it might be, yeah. or as an investor. So do I have, you know, holding costs, my holding period, how long am I going to be here? Am I putting tenants in here? And then when I exit this project, meaning sell the property, 
am I going to make my, you know, money back, my down payment, my equity, things of that nature. I think that living in California, and as I mentioned before, this sunshine tax and these high Melarus, HOAs, property taxes, whatever, I feel like as all of those prices and unique packages raise in value, so does the price of the home. So generally what I tell my clients is when they're like, well, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell, et cetera, et cetera. The golden rule, like you mentioned, is at the end of the day, if you're going to sell, you're going to sell. If you're going to buy, you're going to buy, no matter what's going on in the market. Yeah. You get a divorce, freaking cat dies, whatever the hell, you've got to get rid of the hot property or you got to figure out, you're going to do it no matter what. Yeah. But with that being said, home prices in California historically have consistently risen year over year over year. Now, obviously, in 2008, when we had all the faulty mortgages and everything wasn't backed properly and et cetera you know, you saw the entire economy collapse in essence. But I still believe that during that time, home prices were still going up in value because people always want to move to California because it's freaking 80 degrees all year round. It's, I tell my clients, no matter what you do, you're going to get equity immediately. You know, you, you date the rate and you marry the home price, right? Not to because, be cliche. Exactly, because it fluctuates. <laughs> and in worst case, you could just refinance anyway. So what the hell's the difference, right? Yeah, you hope, you hope. Yeah, I mean, I think now is just the time to a be more careful mm -hmm. you know don't, we had people during the pandemic that were literally buying houses sight unseen waiting yeah, I contingencies in a different state yeah yeah it's fantastic but now you do have the benefit of being able to take a little bit more time like mm -hmm. make sure you have good job security make sure you have a decent <laughs> size down can actually payment. make the payment yeah you know um think about those kind of things on the plus side Typically, when markets do slow down, which California has slowed down yeah. 40% compared to the average over the Fair. last 30 years. So it's, okay. it's definitely slowed down. Yeah. Um, when things do slow down, it does tend to give the buyers a little bit more leverage in negotiations, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Like for closing costs, buy downs, that sort of thing. That is... You feel like they get a little bit more help when... Yeah. And so that was something, not to interrupt your glorious speech there, but what is a three, two, one buy down? I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of investors, a lot of friends that are like, hey, why don't you push some of these costs onto the seller so that I can get their house? How does that program work? So essentially there's, there's three, two, one buy downs, two, one buy downs, different combinations of, of the sort, but essentially you're buying down the rate. So say for a three, two, one, 3% mm -hmm. for the first year. So who's buying down the rate? Typically, that's something you want to negotiate that the seller pays for. Exactly. So it's beneficial to the beneficial buyer to, to have the, the seller pay down their 100%, 100%. rate. 100%. Um, so you got three-year discount in the first year. Okay. 2% discount the second year. 1% the following. And then you're back to your you know normal rate. So the, the nice okay. thing is, is if, say, rates drop in those three years, you can refinance Ooh. that home, there's still that credit. And it's essentially can go back to the buyer at that point. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an extra benefit to the buyer. It's like a cushion. It's like a loophole almost. If you can <laughs> sneak your way in and get the seller to pay for something, you might make exactly. away with the deal, right? It's something that will make the initial period getting into that home a little more appetizing to the buyer. Okay. Um, and, and what a lot of sellers are doing, and you can work this out, obviously every transaction is going to be different, but they can if they don't want to necessarily give the credits on the agreed upon price, they can okay. raise the purchase price yeah. and credit that difference towards the buy down. Yeah. And I knew on a few deals I've structured, we would do that. We would offer over asking price, but then we would ask for like a $60,000 buy down. Yeah. 
So you can do that and that'll help yeah. for, for a little bit. And obviously people did that before with, with buy down for points and you buy down the term of the whole loan. Yeah. But what most of the industry is thinking is that in the next few years, rates will go down. Obviously yeah. that's no guarantee. And that's why they're, they're, those two one buy downs are becoming more popular than the yeah. just straight up rate buy downs is because what do you want to buy down your rate? You know, a half percent or a full percent Yeah, expensive, but then what if rates drop a percent and a half in the next yeah. two years goes nowhere. So then if you can't refinance at the end of this period, you just want to essentially make sure that you can still make your mortgage payment. So plan to make a full mortgage payment at 8%. Yeah. And, and you, then hope and pray that for that three to one portion or the period, you get a much discounted rate. hundred percent. You're qualified yeah. based on the higher rate. Yeah. Not so you're not, you're not getting qualified off that first yeah. year buy down rate. That makes sense. It's a really cool program. It is a sneaky program, but it, I like it. It's, yeah, I mean, and it can work in both the buyer and the seller's favor, you know, if yeah. you're having a trouble selling your house and someone comes in, hey, you know, <laughs> I'd like this house, but I'd also like a credit. I'd also buyer. like not to pay full and price. You can me. work something out, yeah. you know, so it just, it's, it adds another element to the transaction. Yeah. Um, and not, it, okay. you know, not everyone That's needs cool. it or wants it or has to negotiate but it. It's a tool and you can utilize it. For sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So with that being said, do you think there is a steady or an inclining or lowering of inventory currently on the market? Ooh, I mean... Up, down, around, circus, what the hell's going on? <laughs> right now, I mean, it's definitely decreased. Hence decreased. The, the lack of transactions, right? Okay. There's not homes necessarily sitting in California on the market for a long time. Yeah. But the amount of homes going up for sale is significantly yeah. less. Yeah. And reason being is during the last two, three years, you had all these people purchase homes or refinance to a super yeah. low interest rate. Yeah. So it's the golden handcuffs. Like you're now tied to this, but you're, you know, two, three percent yeah. versus eight eh, percent. You're just going to take so, it. <laughs> in essence, you would say that it kind of goes back to archaic time, simple supply and demand. 100%. Yeah. So it's 100%. a great time to sell if you have a house to sell here. because there's nothing on the market. Oh, yeah. I mean, here yeah. there's still, when you do put your house on the market, there's still people bidding that price up. Yeah. I mean, I, I forget who I was talking to just a couple of days ago, but there was a house that went for, you know, it was a $1.3 million house or something. It went for like 100000 over. Over asking. asking. In a market, in today's market with 8% interest rates. With 8% interest rates. If that's not a proven, tried and true <laughs> statement that our California-based real estate 100%. market is not full blast, full steam ahead, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's... And let's be honest, there's a lot of cash buyers. There's a lot yeah. of people with a lot of equity here. Obviously, a lot of high earners. But the yeah. when interest rates are this high, you want to have, obviously, more cash. Mm -hmm. more equity to put into that next home. So your payments are somewhat manageable unless you're just balling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so it sense. does help to have that equity. So if you are moving from a California home to a California home, it's not as painful. If you're moving from, you know, Mississippi to yeah. California, Ooh, it's going to be a big sticker shot. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the number one issue that, you know, out of state buyers and sellers for that matter that I deal with from time to time don't fully understand. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I want a $400,000 house on the beach. And it's like, well, where? Well, we're Virginia Beach. I'm like, no, that's not how it works here in Newport Beach yeah, or no. Laguna Beach. <laughs> you know, I can get you a shack for 400 or maybe a parking maybe. stall. Yeah, probably more. But, of a uh, yeah, you're definitely not going to get something you could ever live in. No. So it's interesting that that, you know, concept is kind of just 
something I think that you have to experience in person to fully understand the dynamics of it and fully understand how it affects your ability to And I think it's a huge testament to when you're able to get into real estate, start building equity. doesn't matter where you're going to live, where you are living. Yeah. Because if you're in a place that is growing in value, which would be the smart move, obviously, yeah. you can take that inventory or that equity and move it somewhere else. Yeah. So I, just getting up and moving to California, really tough if you have you know a 5% down payment, you're trying to live near the beach. Yeah. Not as bad if you have hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars in equity saved up. And I think, and it's funny that you say that to piggyback off the word equity generally, I talk to clients all day long, buyers, sellers, you know, I'm always passing cards out, I'm always doing whatever I got to do to basically plant that seed and network, right? And the one thing that I always have an agreement on between people I'm talking about is equity. They fully understand the value of equity and I consistently tell them, you know, it's like, oh, hey man, you know, I'm renting, I'm paying four grand a month or whatever and I've got a one bedroom, yeah, one bedroom for four grand. You guys can laugh about <laughs> California. it. California. Yeah. But they're paying this shit and they're like, well, you know, like I, I, I just can't, you know, save 20 grand or 40 grand for down payment. I'm like, dude, just move back to your parents, move to your girlfriend's parents for six months, save up the money and buy a house. Well, now my payment's 4,200. I go, well, you've been able to spend 4,000 a month and make it work for the last six years. What all of a sudden is going to change in your life where you can't freaking spend an extra 200? Yeah. And the, and, the, and the biggest thing is you're now building equity, 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 equity. So every day the value of that now asset that you have is consistently going up in value. And the tax benefits as exactly. well. Exactly. So you're so renting it's... an apartment and you're basically just, I literally have done this to clients in meetings. I've taken a $100 bill and I've lit it on fire in front of them. I go, that's your rent money right there. Yeah. And they either well, lose some, their shit or they try to blow it out and they try to save it because they don't have enough money to buy a house. Someone's getting rich off of it. Somebody's getting rich off yeah. of it. So I think yeah. that, you know, to kind of wrap it up, that is the main goal and the main idea that I think any buyer and potential or new homeowner needs to understand, fully, fully understand is the word equity. Because that's what makes you wealthy. That's what gives you assets. And that's what essentially turns your property into a piggy bank. Because you can do refis, you can do cash out refis, you can do all these things where you can pull out that equity, again, the word equity, and use it to buy another property. Oh, yeah. Or a Lamborghini. Don't do that. <laughs> Talk or to the plane. people that, you know, <laughs> way back in the day, what was it? There, there, long time ago, banks were giving incentives to move to homes near the beach. Yeah. If you had held those homes in your family, do you know the amount that those homes have appreciated? Generational wealth, man. It's, it's all about generational estate. wealth. Yep. You know, yep. Our generation isn't going to see those $200,000 houses on the water. No. We're going to see $200 million houses on the water. By the time we're dead, yeah. By the time we're dead, yeah. And so it's like, but no one could, like you were saying at the very beginning, no one knows where the market's truly headed. All we can do is we can go off the facts we have today, the facts we have in an hour from now, and essentially continue to build from those. Yeah. I hope to God home prices plummet and we can start buying you know shit on the beach for 200,000 again, but why not in my lifetime, man? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, but that would be a sad day if we're uh, ever looking at prices like that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the general, you know, consensus is even though interest rates are high, if it makes sense for you personally, jump on it. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, to also kind of keep that in the back of your mind is equity can also go down yeah home prices 100%. plummet equity plummets as well yeah. however as we all know the market is cyclical just like the stock market it goes up it comes down it goes up it comes down but historically 
real estate has never truly been a bad investment because the equity will always go back up. You just have to time it. Yeah, as long as you're not, you know, investing in Detroit. Shit, somewhere that's going down. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's also that. And then again, what we spoke about, you know, before we end here, it's what are your goals with the property? Are you a primary resident, meaning you're going to live there with your family and you're not really concerned about the resale value for at least the next six to 10 years? Or are you an investor with a one-year exit strategy? And if you are, then you need to ensure that you buy and have your peak equity grow within that first 12 months of ownership. Yeah, which is much harder to time. Yeah, 100%. And I think we can probably... dominoes, we're not playing bingo at the retirement home. I mean, you know, this shit's wild. It's wild west. It is. It is, yeah. So... Well, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, you know, tune in next week. We have some really cool topics we're going to come out with. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Yeah, appreciate it, guys.